people say, who's this show for? It's for everybody. And so you could be a seeker, you could be a Protestant, you could be a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Dudes, everybody, that's Woo! right. You're here. You did not just time warp in a hot tub time machine back to the 1980s. This is the 2023s, and this is the Beatitudes, ladies and gentlemen. We're bringing hair bands back because we love Jesus. Yep. <laughs> Amen. This is a show for Christian <laughs> men seeking to grow in holiness as they explore life with humor and well, holiness <laughs> and humor. An authentic fraternity. And a dash of authentic fraternity. Yeah. Yep. Just a dash. Wit, but truly the, wit and wisdom. Wit and wisdom. It's truly like a place where we are able to uh, be our real selves. We really do sit at tiny tables facing one direction often. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is how we request to be seated when we go to eat out, eat dinner. Yeah. We do this at least once a week. So, yeah, yeah that is often. Do you have a small half moon for kindergartners <laughs> that we could invite somebody that some of us don't even know yet to sit in between us? <laughs> <laughs> That's how this works. No, seriously, we uh, we love getting together the same way we would over lunch or a drink or whatever to talk with friends and to explore the issues of life, the opportunities of life, and to uh, to express our faith with one another. And really, this people say, who's this show for? It's for everybody. Um, that's what Catholic means. Catholic is all-inclusive. And so you could be a seeker. You could be a Protestant. You could be... A woman. <laughs> for, the, for this dude's show. Yeah, I mean, we say that Apologize it's for Christian now. men, but yes, we women watch the show as well. <laughs> That's probably who I get the most feedback from is women. Like, you know what you should do? And I'm like, stop, I'll, stop, 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 stop talking? talking over people. <laughs> Specifically the guests, I think, is what we get their feedback about. Yeah, women care about the guest a lot. And so, yeah. Mike, you're cared for by some people. Good. Good to be careful. <laughs> someone, <laughs> someone out there. Yeah, thank you. In advance. Welcome to the show, Mike Neary. Michael Neary. Good to be here. Thank you, you so much. For the rest of the show, can we call you Mike? Mike's great. Mike's good. Mike, you look like, and have you ever had anybody tell you this, the All-American Dad cartoon? Uh, no. Really? <laughs> That's a new one. Yeah. You, you look like Mr. America to me. Perfect jawline. Oh. Like, you Don't got this. Blush, please. No, yeah. Or like, uh, what's that? Um, the... Pixar movie where they're all superheroes. Maybe it's called Superheroes. The Incredibles. Thank you. Oh, yeah. You look like Mr. Incredible. You oh, are Mr. Incredible. Right. Thank you. Can, I hope my kids watch and listen to this. Do <laughs> <laughs> you know the other thing that happens is later you have to judge us. And so just remember this part of the show. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. The pre-competition buttering up. <laughs> sucking. <laughs> sucking up sound is getting stronger. No, I love you, Mike. Um, wow. We're very honored to have you on the show. And I know um, we have a lot to explore with you, but I think that it's probably interesting to share with people how uh, we first came into each other's life. If uh, you have ever been a part of a Catholic parish that had a retreat, an axe retreat or some of these others, Mike and I both were, and I think you still are at St. Thomas Aquinas right. Church in East Dallas. They did the Christ Renews His Parish um, retreat that is not just kind of a one-day experience. It's an entire weekend that turns into your decision to move forward, that turns into a discernment, and then you become the team that helps to put on future yeah. retreats. The short version that doesn't make any sense yeah. is chirp. Chirp, yeah. Doesn't spell chirp. Yeah. Curhip. Curhip. Yes. Um, Christ renews his parish. Yeah. And I think when you talk about creating fertile ground for the Holy Spirit to go to work on somebody, yeah. retreats like that, and there's many of them, right? This isn't just one yeah. of those examples. 
they really, uh, they really go to work on the soul. Can you talk to us about your experience in chirp? Like what was chirp for you and how did that, how did that play into your journey? Yeah, Jeff, it was, uh, 2005, I think, um, oh. ish. Yeah, so let's, let's do the math. Long sure. time ago. Long time ago. It says up on the board, I'm yeah. the old one. Yeah. So yes, yeah. you and me both. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, we were pretty new to St. Thomas and moved to Dallas in 04. So mm. like a year before, and uh, gotten out of the army and was meeting a lot of people, but focused on a very young family. Had a two year old and twins that were almost almost one, and everyone said, "You got to go to chirp. You got to go to chirp." What's and I'm like, "What's chirp? What's chirp?" And so. Uh, oh, it's a retreat. Ooh, no. no. I'll not. go if you'll stop talking yeah. to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Did you go yet? And then I met some uh, some great, great gentlemen who've been there, other men, and they said, it's not it's not weird. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of important. Uh, Doesn't it seem when somebody <laughs> says it's not weird, it must be? It's kind of weird. It's like, okay, thank you. But no, um, so went, and I understood, you know, a lot of us were kind of not even begrud- begrudgingly led there. But yeah, it was fantastic. Met... Um, you and and I don't know probably forty other men yeah. and many of those uh, the people that you got you put my chirp on mm-hmm. you were seven did it for eight um, and then you were, were lucky enough to have you stick around yeah uh, and do the spiritual team and, and I had a leadership role in that one so yeah and and some of the people a leadership that, role he was the director <laughs> well, all right yeah um, LD later director right later director um, anyway we, listen uh, humility exists in life but not on this show not on the podcast no, yeah <laughs> we, we check that at the door yeah you're allowed to just be as proud you're of yourself as you want to be it. Yeah. yes uh, it's in the anyway, guest yeah. primer so please was, don't was, bring your humility up no here. it was uh, I met some of the uh, you know my best friends in life at this yeah. time that mm. I didn't think I would have had you know you think your college buddies your high school buddies your grade school buddies immense immense relationships there and it really sparked and and my wife went through the same same thing with her for the women um at the same time sparked and re-sparked a catalyst for my my faith because we'd been moving around catholic growing up went to mass then was in the army a bunch of different towns and went sometimes and so this really was great uh for that and and uh, inspired a lot, and I think, like I said, we met, and it got me involved in other things like Knights of Columbus at at uh, St. Thomas, and uh, just was a fantastic faith journey. And and to this day, um, you know, music and songs and people, um, it's, it comes back, and and it's it. You know, uh, it's a great experience. So if you have chirp at your parish, go do it. It's I bet if it. I found that old chirp CD that yeah. was kind of burned and I played it, I would just melt. I I, I, I listened to it when I went running today. I went, I found it on iTunes wow. and yeah. Well, um, because yeah. the you end all of the talks with a reflection song, right? right? Is right. that what it is? Exactly. And so yeah. then that those songs conjure up all the memories yeah. that go with that. Yeah. Mm. You're like, oh, you're mm. mine is Eric, an Eric Clapton song. Which uh, one? My father's eyes. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Brother, uh, do you know? Do you remember this, Paul? This won't surprise you or Nick. I sang in the middle of mine <laughs> in my, and I did a witness retr- yeah. at the retreat and sang raise you up on Eagle's wings yeah. in the yeah. middle of it. And I was just like, I yeah. can't not sing this. It's yeah. too moving. Mm-hmm. You, uh, you just casually drop army. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, no big deal. Yeah. Can you, uh, take us back? I would love to hear yeah. about young Mike. You, you have served in, the army and I would love to hear some of that history. Sure. Um, well, thirty-five years ago, last week, I grew up in Houston, Texas. Not in a military family. I always respect the military. I had grandparents that were served, but uh, not my immediate family. And uh, uh, someone said, "Hey, you ought to think about West Point." I'm like, "What's point? West Point's worth that." So I ended up applied, got in. Summer of 1988 on June 29th, which was what seven or eight, nine, ten days ago. That's my birthday. 
in 29. Yeah, I turned never, 10 on that day. Yeah. <laughs> when you were, I mean, just to rub that in. But yeah, so um, <laughs> did you know? And went and had met some tremendous people. Um, learned from some amazing um, leaders, instructors. Yeah. Um, got commissioned in 1992. Four years later, when you go to a service academy, whether it's Navy, Air Force, Coast Guard, you go five years of active duty. Um, when we're all cadets and you're kind of deep into it all. They, we had a, a saying called five and fly, like we're out of here in five, but um, it, the, it, it's the inspired, the life of service to the nation. Uh, many uh, folks, some people do get out of five, go on to do great things and contribute in other ways. Some stay in for a career of uh, much longer. Many of my classmates uh, served their full 30 years mm. and the ones that are still in are generals now and they're yeah. serving over 30 years dating myself. Uh, I served 12 years, Was uh, got out as a major in um, 2004 when I moved here. Um, Wait, was this Gulf War like right when you were getting ready to graduate? Ninety one. Yeah, it happened ninety one. In fact, I was thinking about some things we might talk about later. And, and yeah, as as a cadet, uh, I was a summer leader called a cadre in summer nineteen ninety when um, Desert Storm kicked off, mm. and wow. we were we were leading these cadet. You know, I was a junior at the time, leading had the opportunity to lead freshmen, wow. teach them, and it happened while we we're in their summer training. It brought reality to everything because mm. you know we, you know, uh, it's so, not a drill. Yeah, not a drill. My goodness. Uh, yeah, and so had a great, work, wonderful career. Um, deployed well, ever, stateside? De- deployed. I was, I, was, um, I was kind of in between, if you will. So when I got in 2004, that was right as OIF was kicking off. Um, I was at Fort Carson, Fort Hood, uh, Texas, Fort Carson, Colorado. Did go down to Honduras for some time, went over to Germany for some training, but di- didn't, wasn't in any uh, right, you know, kind of, they call it the needs of the Army. Every now and then... Um, you have your goal set to go do something. I was going to take my unit uh, when I was a company commander to uh, Bosnia and Serbia in 1996-ish, during one of the mm. peacekeeping, and trained them up. It's kind of like when you're a leader in the military, it's kind of like going to the Super Bowl as a coach. Like, you're, this is what you're going to go do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was peacekeeping, uh, although there was some, obviously, danger there at the time. The Army said, uh, Neri, Captain Neri wants you to go to D.C. And I said, well, I want to take my unit to Serbia, and then I'll go to D.C. They said, no, Captain Neri. The knees down. You're gonna. Be, you don't get a choice. Uh, Did anybody time. ask you, Mike? Yeah, didn't get a choice. Captain, the and needs so, of the army. Yeah, yeah. the needs of the army, Captain Neri. And um, so turn my command over, and it's, it's you know kind of these yeah. things happen. So yeah. I had a great opportunity to go to D.C. and start something new. So, um, and yeah, uh, served in the Pentagon. Um, did, did some teaching at Fort Sam Houston. Uh, so just. Really what was boys. that role? What was the role that took you out of that that Super Bowl moment that they brought you over for? So um, it was a uh, a job called a board uh, promotion board recorder. So they picked um, there were ten captains in the army from all different branches that run all facilitate and run all the promotion boards for the whole army. Okay, and so it's from the ranks of captain up to general. So I went there to go do that. It was a two year hitch, and they, it, it was a select job. So they said, "No, you have to do that because yeah. your your guy's leaving to go do something else." So. Wow. Yeah. And yeah. how long did you stay in that role? Did that two years. And then that was in the D.C. area and then slid over the Pentagon and served as a gen- general's aide. Uh, and from uh, you have kids at this point? Not yet. Yeah. Um, my, our daughter, Madison, uh, who was born in uh, Fort Belvoir, Virginia, right there in D.C. So we had our first child there. My wife worked on Capitol Hill uh, while I was serving in, in and around the D.C. area in Pentagon. Um, and then we moved back to Texas to Fort Sam Houston. Uh, in the summer of 2002, and uh, then, then we had more kids after that. Incredible. And what about from a faith perspective? You're in D.C. Um, you know, obviously any big city like that's going to have 
really deep pockets of incredible faith yeah. and then a whole lot of other distractions. Yeah. What's happening to you during that part of the journey? Yeah, so uh, it kind of was like I talked about earlier, you know, St. Thomas really sparked the opportunity to be in a parish that was consistent. So we, we'd go yeah. to Mass. Uh, we went to the National Shrine, the Immaculate Conception, you mm. know, in D.C. at Catholic Amazing. Yeah. We used to take the family there when they'd come to town. Hey, got to go to the, to the, um, to the shrine. Um, and, and so we, we grew up, and then our daughter was, um, was born in May of 2001. I was working in the Pentagon. You kind of follow the math here. And, um, and so in, uh, we know what happened on 9-11. I was in the Pentagon, very fortunate. Mm. Um, you talk about, and, and serving as a general's aide. And so from a faith perspective, Joe, that was a big, big moment so for me. So you were in the physical building the pentagon in the in the building when uh, it was hit yes sir yes, so, sir. wow so my, you <laughs> my professor uh general john van Alstine was in the pentagon oh, yeah. and, uh, you know john yeah i knew van Al- john van Alstine. <laughs> yeah he, he uh he was my favorite professor uh at a&m no kidding and yeah. he was in retirement yeah uh, teaching at a&m but yeah i definitely remember general so my boss was a guy named um General Bill Bester, yeah. fantastic, and he was the assistant surgeon general for the surgeon general for the army, and we had a small office because there was another office outside. But we ran that, and um, by the grace of God, um, we were in. I, Madison was born in May. I interviewed for the job in a couple of weeks after that, and when I went met with General Bester, uh, and if you know the, the shape of the Pentagon, five sides, five wedges. Um, and the general said, hey, um, and we were in a certain office. He said, hey, when, we, when you start work here in, in July or whatever it was, we're going to move to a different office because this part of the Pentagon is being re- renovated and rebuilt. So if you're writing stories about 9-11 and that piece of the Pentagon, it was very unpopulated. We were, you know, it could have been much worse because they were renovating section by section. Wow. The, the office that I interviewed him in was on the E-ring, outer ring by the window that office was destroyed we had moved to the a ring so when the plane Mm. plane hit we were safe um after the fact it was in that section and and there's so many people who did some tremendous bravery all that day uh Mm. and and obviously so many people lost their lives there in new york pennsylvania um but uh, we were able to get out unscathed um went back in and tried to render it as much as we could that day um you know, uh, I think most people know that if if somebody wasn't immediately evacuated from the from that portion, but the fire was so intense they didn't get out. So a lot of that when we when we were running around and, and the, the fire, um, all the all the first responders came. Um, there was a lot of people who wanted help. Really, when you can see, you can watch some of the videos now. So we set up aid stations, had people out, and then the medics came. And um, but we it was too hot to go in and try to retrieve anybody. So it was we, we really were there all day waiting to help. And um, yeah, it was that that event. Obviously, for all, all the whole world, worldwide, nine eleven, and yeah. um, so you t- asked about faith. It sparked. It absolutely kind of certainly uh, reignited faith and just the blessing and, and the the fragility of life. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote a uh, like many people. I, I, the next day, we got re- we we got released um, and uh, went went home. I had to kind of hitchhike home. Mm. Um, that day, my wife had. Uh, she was still working on Capitol Hill, but she was doing remote work. Uh, did she know that you were alive? She did. She okay. did. Um, she had called me um, and said, um, hey, you need to turn on the news and see what just happened, like many of us, you know. And yeah. our office didn't have a window in it. We were in the A ring. So it was in, 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 you know, turn on the TV, saw that, then I saw the second plane hit. 
I, w- I was working with a doctor, and I was kind of the tactical guy. I said, this, th- we're, we're under attack. This is not good. Um, and our general is at a meeting. My boss was at a meeting outside uh, the Pentagon. I said, I need to get him ready to do whatever needs to happen for planning. Yeah. We're, we're, you know, we're, we're a nation to war. And went into his office, a small office kind of like this, set in the windows, um, <laughs> started setting up his secure connections. Uh, and t- so he could, again, anticipating what does he need to do to run his business and prepare. And that was where I heard that, you know, we felt that what seemed to be like an earthquake, uh, massive boom, and again, looked at the um, colonel and said, no, this is related. We got to get in there. The smoke alarms immediately went off. Um, we opened the door. Um, one way was clear. This hallway was clear. This this way was smoke and dust and rubble. So we got ourselves out the way that was clear, and, and you guys know the you know the rest of the day. So from a faith perspective, it really, re, you know, uh, did a lot of thinking and um, soul searching, and just that you know the the blessings of life. And I always think about you know how many people, be it in in New York or Pennsylvania, like left their home that day because they were in an argument with their and. They, that was they, it with their with their loved one, or they, they didn't hug their kid or hug their something. Maybe they're in a road rage or something, and it always speaks to me that could be someone's last. So one. tell me, what was it like? Um, we hear all the nine eleven stories. What was it like when you got home? Um, you have a you have a how old was your daughter? Madison was like four months, and okay. um, we I, I said got a ride from a friend who lived in Arlington, and myself and the doctor I worked with because we stayed and tried to render aid, did a bunch of work that we could and then my general said hey you guys need to go home the third infantry is there to relieve it the, the guys came down from right there uh, fort mcnair right next excuse me um fort meyer right next to the uh, pentagon and yeah saw susan obviously like, like many of us that day whoever we were around we loved hugged, hugged our loved <laughs> ones hugged our parents wives kids whatever it may be and it was just obviously on i couldn't couldn't believe what had happened and just to think about and she knew i was safe because i'd called her and then didn't get to talk to her the rest of the day because uh, we were just, you know, in, 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 in D.C. There was jets flying around. Sure. And so she said there's people in front yards kind of um, watching all this occur. So anyway, it was, it was, um, yeah, I can't really, d- the emotions couldn't describe. And just knowing how many people had perished mm-hmm. and how close so many people were, uh, you know, very, very blessed that our office had been, had moved from the <laughs> E-ring to the A-ring in that time and that we were about eight, about, about a football field from the, from the plane. Okay. What you have four children. Mm-hmm. At what age do your children become meaningfully curious in this giant thing that they read about in their textbooks that you were at, you know, like, what is that process like for them to, to, to mentally process and when do they do it? So they, um, one of the things our community and, and, you know, I think every, most communities in the United States always, you know, focus on 9-11 and um, St. Thomas Aquinas, the school, uh, my kids went through the cat said, hey, and they, they were doing some neat things. Just remember. And then a teacher or someone knew my story and they asked, hey, would you come talk to our social studies class? So the kids at that time were maybe about fourth grade. I mean, my kids knew about it and we didn't want everyone to scare them, but they, they sure. were curious. And we'd always talked to, you know, important to service and military. So about that great. So it. Jeff, I'd, I had the opportunity to start giving a series of talks to the school to yeah. help demystify it and make it, edu- you know, education. Why? Um, I'll share with you guys a, a little thing I put together. Um, but just to say, keep it top of mind 
Mm. Um, and the school was great. So, and a lot of kids were really curious about it. And, yep. you know, so it, when the school says, will you come back? Absolutely. I do. And then, and have had the chance to share it at other places too. But I'd, I think it was when they, they were third, fourth grade, they were able to talk about it amongst their friends and then growing up, they kind of just knew about it, but it wasn't as curious as it, when they start to get in that age. Fourth of July this year, we were on vacation in Colorado and I had that experience where, you know, I don't mean to say that I'm calloused against anything that happened, but you talk about it enough, you see enough, you've read enough that you know which things are going to get you. When my daughter started asking questions, not like just what happened, how did you feel? Mm. Were people scared? Do you know anybody? Like, so now they're getting into the emotions yeah. of what you experience. And I think uh, f- for everybody, I don't know a person alive then that doesn't have a connection back to it. Yours is also unique. Um, do you mind sharing maybe, and I don't know if you can, you know, maybe do this without yeah. names or whatever, but. What happened to you when you gave your witness at Chirp about really your entire journey? I mean, it's yeah. a, it's a it's a journey of your faith journey, not just a nine eleven journey, yeah. but certainly that was a part of the story. Yeah, it, I was, you know, what's so neat about your um, this this podcast is like you said the the camaraderie, right? Yeah. So I was blessed to have camaraderie in college with men and women at West Point, um, and then I remember coming to the St. Thomas Aquinas Parish and then going to Chirp and then hearing just hearing some of the camaraderie through that, that it was existed in the community. And then also I didn't, I went to public school in Houston, but gentlemen who'd been to Bishop Lynch or Jesuit. And I saw these, these, these people talking uh, with so much fervor about their faith and their, their camaraderie that they'd gained through these yeah. places. So, um, you know, the, the opportunity to discuss that and, and tie it to, to my faith. Because I always was gone again, gone to church wasn't as disciplined as I probably should have been on the many cases. Then we had children and they needed a, and so Chirp couldn't come at a better time and our kids got used to going and then they, you know, they go at school. Um, and so that was, that was really a, a, a catalyst for what I'd say the probably the, the second half of my adult life to, you know, thank you Chirp and thank you. know we met there and I think you, you see people around um, that either put on your Chirp or that you went through Chirp with or that you had the, the opportunity to facilitate the next one. And it's this this tie together, and so it was just it was really great to be able to share that. And the witness was about you know leading leading people. That's something I just have always been fortunate to do. Uh, be it in the army, be it in business. I've been in sales and sales manager for a long time. And but it was about how do you take that leadership skills and then uh, lead help lead men to Christ. I'm not a I'm obviously a layperson, uh, not steeped in scripture, but to be able to take that experience oh. and have a conversation and say. Hey, you got to check this out, or hey, come over to Chirp, and that was something that the guys that went through our next one was like, "You're coming, you got to do this." So. I remember, I was thinking about these Holy Spirit moments. Somebody who had a very direct connection, also to, I think, the Pentagon on the yeah. same day, heard your witness, yeah, and no, yeah. came into this moment with you. Yeah, Jeff, the uh, his uh, Paul Saban was, um, he's a St. Thomas pressure. I think he still goes there. So he he came through Chirp. His dad, Charles, was was killed in the Pentagon. Now yeah. I. I and, and at the end of the chirp witness, you know, you're very emotional. It's kind of it, it. You're emotionally, um, you know, elated, but at the same time, just exhausted and worn out. Mm. And uh, Paul came to me and hugged me, and and I, and one of his sponsors had, had shared this with me that his his dad was there, and so it was just this moment. And so I remember when when I've been to the 9/11 memorial, and um, in in New York, and go visit. And I've t- kept in touch with Paul, yeah. but just to know his his dad was. Was one was the unfortunate one. He was he was mm. ninety yards or you know ninety yards from me and fit ten yards from the windows yeah. where his offices were. So that that was really an amazing experience that this guy was sitting in chirp and his dad. I, 
that was a part of my my story. That's and, orchestrated and by the Holy Spirit. That's not you. And you know, not that there's total healing yeah. in any of this, but that that's like one of these things where when we share and we're open and we also are honest, yeah. God gets to work through us to make those kind of connections. That's right. Yeah. Mike, um, that's powerful. Uh, I would like to ask the question though, now kind of yeah. moving past like move to Dallas. Yeah. What was <laughs> what was it like saying you were gonna be a five and fly army guy, you put in a lot more time, you end up in one of the biggest events in all of history, and then you, what, going to assimilate to corporate America? What happens next? (laughs) Uh, No, it's... um, This is the Incredibles. This is exactly what happens to Mr. Incredible. That's true. I'm telling you. He ends up at a desk. They made a cartoon about you. No, I, I, you know, one of the things that... Uh, <laughs> you, you're inspired for a lifetime of service to, to the mm. country, whatever, whatever branch one is in, and it may not be in uniform and there's nothing wrong. Like I said, please know when people say we'd say five and fly um, that, you know, people think about it. there's people who go and serve their lives and they go serve in, in, you know, hospitals or schools and teach. So, um, you know, I think it's, it's wherever you are, you try your best to make an impact. And so if I was a, a sales leader at Bank of America or someone else in financial technology. Uh, it was always, how, how do you lead people, take care of them? You know, one of the things I was thinking about is this is many of the leadership concepts that, I, that I've learned, and you and I spoke about this in, in preparation. Our parents taught us things. Our schools taught us things. I learned about leadership in the military, and it wasn't the drill sergeant kind. It was, hey, you have to inspire and take care mm-hmm. of people. And if you do that in business, if you do that in, in life, people are going to work hard because they, they feel respect. And um, it's always, just, you know, so th- I, w- I tried to take those leadership principles and say that I learned in the military and say, hey, there's, there's no different. And by the way, um, you can't tell people you must do this. Yep. Even in the military, they, they need to know the why and they need to trust their leadership. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, there is a chain of command. But in, in corporate America, you have to inspire. And I know you've done a ton of work in, in y'all's, y'all's business around that. And people, when they believe in their leaders, they will run through doors for you. And I got to believe you get into banking, you get into financial technology, you get into payment systems, like this whole career that you've been living. When people are fighting fires at work yeah. and the ultimate stress happens yeah. and you have to have a perspective that's like, this is actually just a customer complaint. This is <laughs> this is a computer glitch. No. Like, there is way worse things in no. this world. We're all okay. Well, and think about the people right now who are in harm's way, wherever they may be, whether yeah. they be military or <clears throat> a first responder going down the highway right now. Yes. Um, and you're right. That's that kind of brings a perspective around. And um, it's easy to get on a pity pot or to be like, oh, this this customer claim is the worst. My but boss then, is so mean. And you come <laughs> back around and say, wait, we're 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 here for something more important. There there are more stressful places to be. Take a deep breath and and get through it. And and there's a lot of a lot of ways to. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's actually it's super interesting to me because you keep emphasizing this. There, there's kind of this strain of of leadership throughout everything that you're experiencing, and obviously. Your, your service, your, your military background formed you for that yeah. in, a, in a very unique way. And it actually reminds me, um, when I was in seminary for a period of time, my roommate at the time had been in the Marines, mm-hmm. and it was just almost none of the stuff phased him. Like the stuff that all of us were, <laughs> were intimidated by our leadership yeah. or whatever about, you know, like if they were kind of, you know, issuing a correction to all of us because whatever we had stayed up yeah. too late or made too much noise or what, I mean, cause you know, we're in college yeah. and we're, we're young men and trying to figure all this out. And, um, but you know, he would get 
kind of put on the spot or in his place or whatever, and he would just roll with it like it was nothing because he had been in the military. And so, yeah, I mean, because he had experienced what the baseline actually can be. (laughs) Paul, is it fair to say that nobody's out to get you when you're just being reprimanded at work or in the dorm, but um, we are out to get some points today. (laughs) (laughs) Your transitions never cease. Hey, that's getting better. Yeah, they they are getting better, but what's the word? Never cease to uh, amaze. Well, just uh, appoint me, not disappoint. Appoint. What's <laughs> <laughs> the opposite of disappoint? I would love if that became a thing. Uh, wow, you're appointing me with yeah. your yeah. wit and wisdom. Yeah. Nicholas. We're going to appoint some points here there with this game uh, called Blessed Are the Joke Makers, for they shall inherit the 42 points. Ooh, 42. Can you be a, like really clear here? You're about to be judged by Captain whatever... Mr. Universe. <laughs> what is your name again? Mr. Incredible. <laughs> Mr. Incredible. I'm just a regular guy. Like, like, uh, I mean, you're like... Well, a, now yeah. you have to be, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's how the movie goes, if you haven't watched it. He has yeah. to be a regular guy. Yeah. He has to hide like, what makes him boy, special. Boy, when he hears those first responders... I know there's a bunch of red spandex <laughs> under that button down. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we're going to close the show. Yes. <laughs> Darn it. New, new reverse <laughs> Simpsons. All right, so how this is going to work, we've got a character card, and then we've got a Catholic card game card, and we have to answer the Catholic card game prompt, uh, question, fill in the blank, whatever it is, as the character. So we have to try to become whatever this character is as honestly as we're able. So here we go. Our character is as a hypochondriac, so like health-obsessed mm-hmm. is the parentheses, okay. we have to answer, what should I give up for Lent? Hey, Mike, I know that you came up to our office today, and I'm really glad you're here. But um, I just, you know how I like to keep things clean. Um, for Lint, I'm going to give up opening doors because if you look at our building, there's all these tapes that are still left there from COVID that have got to be dirtier than COVID. So um, if you could just get in front of me and open doors because I'm going to give them up for Lint. I can do that. <laughs> I'm going to give up eating and drinking because germs also like food and they use food as a vehicle to get into your body and infest it. They do. That's a good point. That's, I'm with, that's I'm interesting with. that you're giving up food and, and drink cause, because I'm going to be giving up air. There's so much bacteria and, and other toxins in our the air that we breathe. It, you just can't. You can't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> Three hypochondriacs. <laughs> this is a close race for yeah. 27 points. 42. 42. <laughs> yeah. They're both integers. Nice. So are almost all the numbers. Yeah. Actually, all of them. <laughs> Until you add, well, no. The ones that don't all have other things. Numbers. Yeah. Well, but the whole numbers are all greater than zero. Yeah. You, teach you, math. you say there's going to be math involved. <laughs> all right. Well, I've, I've obviously failed that. Polynomials, but, please. Yeah. Yeah. Polynomials? I don't even know, know what that means. That's what's on the door. AX yeah. squared plus BX yeah. plus C. Paul must up, up, know down, more down. about the yeah. polynomials. Yeah. Womp, womp. Who wins? And it's not just because you buttered me up with all that, but no, those those handles are nasty. Uh, <laughs> I, will, I will open up any I, any Jeff door is on for a you. Hot Forty yeah. points, man. You know, yeah. pandering for the win, guys. If you haven't figured out my whole mo, my new it's mo working. is listen to the show <laughs> and, and then, then play it back to them. <laughs> yes. No, it's improv. I'm pulling threads. Yes, through. pulling threads. Sure. Respect yeah. it. Respect it, <laughs> Mike. For being our celebrity yeah. guest judge, you Ooh. are going to get. 
socks from sockreligious sockreligious.com you can go there slash the beatitudes mm. no sockreligious.com slash beatitudes for 10 percent off you're getting saint benedict socks Ooh. now i know this episode is going to air uh in august ish but we're filming this on july 11th which happens to be the feast day wow of saint benedict and i know that because i have Thank a benedict you. at home and they're eating eggs benedict for <laughs> benny's saint <Awesome>. day <laughs> At the yeah, dinner that awesome. I'm spending with my friends at this tiny table. Thank you. But thanks for being our celebrity judge. We're going to come back after the break. Remember to check out SockReligious.com slash Beatitudes, and we will be right back. Hi, it's Paul Kolker from the Beatitudes here, and I just wanted to share with you guys that I also, outside of the show, perform improv comedy on a regular basis with a group called Divine Comedy. So what we do is we come up with everything on the spot. So whether you're looking for faith-filled, fun, family-friendly comedy for your youth night or whether you're looking for clean comedy for your corporate event, Divine Comedy can perform for your group and even get you in on the action. So if you'd like to hire us to come out and perform for your next event, check out DivineComedyImprov.com. Divine Comedy, an inferno of fun. Let me tell you about Decided Excellence Magazine. Decided Excellence is a great resource reaching thousands of families in your local community. They've got original content featuring local families and notable theologians like Scott Hahn. If you're looking to grow in a specific way, they can be a great partner for that as well. They partner with thousands of parishes creating parish magazines. If you're a business owner, Decided Excellence can be a great way to advertise to homeowners right there in your backyard. And if you're looking to earn a little bit of extra income, Decided Excellence has a partnership program where you can become the owner and publisher of your local magazine. So partner with Decided Excellence and begin growing together today. Hey y'all, this is Jeff Shufflebein. When Nick and I set out to start our new company, Undivided Life, we were really concerned about how would we cover the healthcare needs of our growing families, and we were so excited to find a company that fit both our medical needs and our faith beliefs perfectly. It's called Solidarity HealthShare. It is an ethical alternative to traditional health insurance. We're never part of sharing in the medical costs of anything that goes against the teachings of the Catholic Church, making it a great alternative for Catholics and Christians alike. Solidarity is very affordable, which is perfect for a large family or for a new and growing business like the one we've started. So visit joinsolidarity.com today so that you can get started with us. Welcome back, everybody. We're sitting here with Mike Neary, just Mr. Incredible, really. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That that one's gonna stick. Mike. Incredible, incredible. That's the song. That's um, <laughs> I have a lot of kids. Knowing that you were in the Pentagon on 9/11, uh, one of my professors I mentioned yeah. briefly, uh, General John Van Alstine, former. Uh, when he was teaching me, he was retired from the army at that point. But uh, one of his classes was the seven or 11, I paid attention, obviously, <laughs> uh, you know, types of leadership. Uh, and then he described being there that day and in the aftermath, the days that followed, how he needed all the different types of mm -hmm. leadership mm. in those different moments. Um, so that's always stuck with me. Um, he's one of my great friends and mentors, someone I really respect and look up to. So my question yeah. for you is, who's been a mentor, role model in your life? Uh, I've, I've been blessed with so many 
uh, <clears throat> so many mentors um, and, and leaders, and those the 11 leadership principles really have been kind of the focus. I mean, you could look them in any kind of business book because they apply. Um, and I'm going to answer in two, two different ways. Number one, the one that sticks out the most to me is know your time is know your troops and look out for their well-being so know mm-hmm. your team know and them. look out for their well-being whether your team's your family whether it's your employees it's always there so when i had when i encountered those leaders who acted that way and yes you had to put you know put the mission first yep. um so i'm going to say there are two one is a gentleman uh who is a lieutenant colonel rob auerbach uh he was an instructor um for our class and uh in and he taught the military leadership when we were juniors and he he um Went through a some life events while he was teaching us, and, and he, I think he started. He got a divorce, and he got very close to our my, my company, who on the, the folks that were in the class, and we've stuck with we we stayed around. He was in some of our weddings. Cool. Um, he he went to William and Mary. He didn't graduate from Westmore. He came and taught there, and he was just so impactful. And he taught leadership, and like I said, he he acted that. Uh, and then I would say I mentioned his name earlier, General Bill Bester. So I had the chance to work directly for a general, be a general's aide. Wow! And um, he he was just a quintessential leader, but also a human. I mean, yeah. He, he talked, just talked. He if you were, a, you know, and this is kind of the way you're brought. He a lot of people talk to people differently based on their. He didn't care about rank. He didn't care. He mm-hmm. treated a janitor the same as he would the president. And mm-hmm. I think that was that stuck, you know. To, you always knew that, but when you see it in action, it's just amazing. So, uh, again, those That's are those are two that jump out. And two for two on yeah. people that I know or that know generals that they're just incredible, incredible humans. So, the Army's doing something right. Yeah, I loved what he said earlier, when, Mike. When you were talking, you were, and you were saying like it wasn't the the barking kind of yeah. movie style. Mm-hmm. It was about growing leaders who care yeah. about people. But that, but that doesn't make for as good of Hollywood yeah. drama <laughs> moments. Sergeant. Yeah. 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 Like you need that for the yeah. film. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Well, there's yeah. a time and a place, I think, for some of that. Oh, yeah. Maybe basic training when you're taking the uh, the person who's never been in the military and trying to indoctrinate them. Yeah. But that only lasts so long. And that, that doesn't last when, when, when bullets are flying or things are going yeah. wrong. Yeah. That's right. You need raw leadership to say, let's establish some calmness and let's get this done. Yeah. Mm. And that's cool. Well, we're going to keep the great yeah. questions going here. So uh, we keep getting feedback. One of people's favorite part of the show is just getting to know everybody's answers to these TBD questions, mm-hmm. the Beatitudes deck. And what's neat about this, too, is we're going to encourage you to kind of play along at home. So share these questions maybe with a spouse, a friend, or in authentic fraternity, if you will. That's hey. kind of uh, wink, wink. <laughs> um, and be on the lookout for the release of the TBD deck in the next how many months will we have Let's this ready for? speak it into existence. Uh, By the end of the year. Right. End of the year. All right, it's perfect. This is the yeah. year 2023 market. Okay, so the question today that we're going to ask, because we were reflecting on big a big life event that impacted all of us, is just to share a reflection about another uh, major event that happened in your, in your lifetime, one that you remember experiencing. Um, and for the sake of time, you know, just kind of share a reflection on that event or how it impacted you or changed you or why it, it has burned a hole Maybe in your memory or burned into your memory. I don't know if I'm saying that right. <laughs> a hole would be a nothing. A hole of memory you can't remember. It. Yes. yes. <laughs> it burned that's, that's brain damage. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Diamond in the dust. <laughs> By you and far. Your, you got a hole in your head? For your FYI. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, who would like to go first, Nicholas? Um, you and me and what or me. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> nice. Um, right. I, I could jump go, in. Yeah, go for, go, yeah. go for it. So mine was uh, in 2005, and I was in um, I was in college at the time. I was at A and M, um, and 
did not. I mean, I should have expected this, but just my naive um, sense of kind of optimistic faithfulness of just that, oh, well, he'll recover. But that was when John Paul II uh, descended mm-hmm. into a really steep decline was right around that time. And then, of course, he ended up passing away and, you know, being pope for, what was it, 26 years, I think, is how long he was pope. And uh, and and for me, I was born in 84. So, you know, that was, he was yeah. the only pope that I had actually ever experienced and um, and knew in, in some way, shape, mm-hmm. or form. And I had gotten to go to uh, World Youth Day in Toronto and cool. see him there. And uh, and that was, 2001 was when I had a real big reversion as a teen. Um, I had grown up in the faith, but just, you know, it really became real through through youth group with, uh, at my home parish and and then getting to go to events like that and see the universal church. And, and then when he passed, it was, it just, it blew me away that I was like, oh, oh yeah, I guess that does happen, you know, yeah. to, I mean, he's human, yeah. even if he's very sure. holy. Sure. And um, I remember staying up all night and just watching, I mean, all the specials and stuff that everybody yeah. was putting on at the time. And, uh, and that was actually part of me thinking, well, maybe, maybe I'm supposed to go yeah. into seminary and go that route. And so mm-hmm. it, that was an incredibly moving time for me. That's powerful. Yeah. yeah. What do you got? Um, yeah, for me, uh, my dad is old school in that he actually watches the news on television. Hmm. Um, I know. <laughs> Who does that? Novel concept. <laughs> um, but so growing up, those are some of those world events. That's how I remember mm-hmm. experiencing them was, you know, in the living room or in the kitchen uh, with my dad. And the one that sticks out to me uh, pretty impactful was Aggie bonfire collapse. Mm-hmm. And I was only nine yeah. when it happened, but it made news. We're like, holy cow, what's going on? If somebody here? doesn't know what that is, we, yeah. So Aggie bonfire, um, great tradition for Texas A&M in their rivalry, rivalry week would create a huge bonfire, like 80, 90, hundred yeah. feet tall. Um, hundreds of students participate and build it all semester long and then it's burned um sometime in november um kind of before the big game and in i guess it was maybe what in november um a week or two or the week of construction um the the bonfire collapsed um ended up killing 12 students um and this was like the live footage of you know or i guess it happened overnight the night before but um, seeing that footage kind of helicopters overhead and mm-hmm. searching for bodies and um, the efforts there that 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 stood out I was in school there at the time mm-hmm. and I will tell you that a campus where everybody says howdy everybody makes eye contact we went through six well like four more weeks of complete silence it never ended until we got back for the next semester nobody wow. would look at each other nobody would say howdy and it wasn't out of anything other than complete like Gr- desolation yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, if you ever want to read a great story, anybody listen to this, um, there was two women, two girls, they both, all 12 of these people have amazing stories. Tim Curley has an amazing story. He was the last to pass, but while he was on the stack, he was still alive and he was helping rescuers to know where to find people that he could spot from where he was twisted up that they couldn't see and kept asking them to go get those people. And, uh, his parents ended up moving to college station and being a big part of some Christian ministries down there as a result of his witness. I remember I was, I was actually working in that. Pentagon, or, um, the promotion board office when that happened. Oh, really? And my, my wife was working for Senator Hutchison, K. Bailey oh. Hutchison. Yeah. And I remember when that happened, we heard, and then calls coming in and all that, and, and explaining just like you did to the to the folks I worked with, hey, what, what does that mean? Because there was no, no Aggies in that, in yeah. that group. But yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
Mike, what other? You, you've already covered. Oh, you were in the Pentagon. So <laughs> yeah, well, hard to like, Where were you when? Yeah. <laughs> no, he I was can... not on the launch pad <laughs> for the Challenger. Pearl Harbor. Yeah, come on. Yeah. You, <laughs> no. This is not a one-up point <laughs> no, total. No. This is just a reflection. No, but we do want to end on a high note. So no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. Pressure. Pressure. Well, I, and, and I, I talked about this earlier. I think I did. Um, when I was a, a junior at, at West Point, they call juniors cows. That's a whole other story there. But I was a cow leading uh, this cadet basic training. And that was when you talked about Desert Storm kick yeah. And we were, you know, you're, when you're in a peacetime military, you always expect things to happen. But it had been some time, you know, some time. And, um, and then that happened while we're training these new cadets. And so... And it was a time for yelling, right? Or and it, yeah. and so it, it it created a very cathartic moment. Hey, we're not just at summer camp. Yeah. This and, mm. and you always had that, but mm. like, guy, you know, guys, y'all need to understand that the 82nd Airborne is in Kuwait right now, wow. and our country is. And, and it, there was no bullets flying yet, but it was, you know, so that you talked about it earlier. So that that to me was like, one. not yeah. only is this real, but I'm. I could be out there and I will be out there in two years yep. with all my classmates yeah. doing who knows what. And then people are in harm's way immediately. So that was, you know, I know I Powerful. talked about that earlier, but yeah. Well, I will finish us on an interesting one that has a different ending, but, um, and I don't mean this to be funny to my younger cohorts here, the younger dudes. Do you know baby Jessica? I don't. Do you? No. I don't okay. So. Mike does. Yeah. The world had an experience this had to be the mid-80s, probably 86, 87, if I remember yeah. looking it up not too long ago, where in Midland, Texas, uh, a baby girl that was maybe around one, maybe a yeah. little bit younger, falls down an open well hole, and she goes down. I'm going to make up a few statistics, but just for the sake of this, like 35 feet. Yeah. And nobody knows where she is, and they figure it out, and they can hear her down there. She's wedged in the hole, and because there's such rock bottom, something is like in the way of the rest of the pipe. And so she's stuck and they have the live news. I have chills telling you this. They end up on this almost like 24 hour day life or news cycle before you ever had experiences yeah. like this. Okay. And the world's watching as they're trying to figure out how do they drill down to get her without loosening her to fall further. They can't feed her or give her water because they don't know if she has internal organ damage. She is starting to like, She's singing with them sometimes, doing nursery rhymes. Her mom's talking to her. And there is maybe a 1,000 people in this circle trying to figure this out. And they come up with this way that they come down and put balloons underneath her in the well so that if she slipped, and then drill a hole into it, and then pull her out. And brother, you can watch this on YouTube, I guarantee it. When she comes out of the hole, and she's all like wrapped up in the splint they put her in, the whole world got to like celebrate that baby Jessica lives because yeah. mm. everybody thought this was going to end differently. Yeah. And it is so powerful. And I actually just read something. This is why I was thinking about this question. I read something about her a week ago. And um, she's like this very normal person who never asked to be dropped down a well in her whole <laughs> life. Like everybody knows baby Jessica yeah. in the well. Um, and her family did all the right stuff, you know, people sent her millions of dollars like, and they put it in a trust. And then this, the crash of 2008 kind of ruined it. Like there's this whole yeah. thing about like, she's a teacher somewhere and she has kids yeah. and a family, but it's so cool to see like when the world can unite mm. over a child. Yeah. Um, so maybe <laughs> Jessica, that's right. Yeah. Baby yeah. Jessica. And it's interesting. I'm married to uh, a woman who's 11 years younger than me. And so a lot of our cultural references are very different. So it's always fun to play like, do you know who David Koresh is? Do you know who <laughs> baby Jessica is? And so uh, she'd be like, well, do you know who 
I'm not. I'm gonna make her look back. I'm like the hills, you know, Lauren Conrad. I'm yeah. like, what? <laughs> <laughs> now she's since like lapped me in wisdom and knowledge. So sure. now I don't know anything. But um, <laughs> okay, that's fun. So um, <laughs> what a reflection. Uh, gosh, when you think about those things, it takes you way back. I'd love yeah. to hear in the uh, comments from Christopher. What did you hear in there, Christopher? What? Yeah. <laughs> and he, anybody who wants to be like Chris, yeah, yeah. he picks up on stuff though. Oh the gosh. Guy, he's got, Eagle, eagle. He's actually ears, gunning for eyes. one of our spots. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> if one of us takes an untra- or a, an unfortunate turn, just they, uh, they no. call him the fourth man. He's uh, always uh, standing by, ready to step yeah. in on the Beatitudes. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> they, they. I'm always they. All right, I want to play a game with y'all to finish right. this off, Michael. We always do reverse Simpsons at the end of the show. We finish each show differently than any other show. And this one, we're going to do a lyrics challenge. All right, so here's the competition. What's going to happen is I'm going to read, not sing, even though that's hard for me, Paul. Uh, <laughs> <I love yes>. <laughs> Nick has to work near me, and I'm like, I'm crushing it over here. Uh, I'm nailing it. <laughs> no, keep keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Please keep singing. Okay, I'm going to read lyrics to you. Okay. You guys have to finish out the lyrics. These are famous songs. Maybe I'll tell you what they are. How Maybe many? How many? There's three songs three total. Songs. They're 10 points each. Completely acceptable that you could have a tie in here, okay? Okay. Um, and I don't know if I'll give you half credit. We'll see what happens. So, song number one, this is from the 80s, and I am trying to um, give Mike a little bit of an opportunity. So, here, so okay? we've, we're finishing the lyrics yeah. and naming the song? Or no, just, this okay. is just finished. Okay. The okay. okay? All of the rest of the lyrics. Of the okay. whole song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just to finish this line, okay? okay. okay. Rising up back on the street. Did my time, took my chances. Went the distance, now I'm back on my feet. Just a man and blank. By the way, this is the eye of the tiger. I'm just going to give you that. Let's let's set you up for some success here. Rising up back on the street, did my time, took my chances. Went the distance, now I'm back on my feet. Just a man, blank. Okay? So, wherever you are, good luck to you. Number two. Or do you want me to give you the answer first? No, no, no. Let's keep no. going. Okay, let's number keep going. two. We'll do a reveal. <laughs> On a warm summer evening, on a train bound for nowhere, I met up with a gambler. We were both too tired to sleep, so we took turns as staring out the window at the darkness. The boredom overtook us, and he began to speak. He said, son, I've made a life out of blank. Son, I've made a life out of blank. Number two. Wait, wait, wait. Can we get the just the, like, the stanza or whatever before, like, right before the... Sure. The boredom overtook us, and he began to speak. Oh, you want me to go back so you can try to figure out if there's rhyming? Yeah. Okay. I'll just read again. On a warm summer's evening, a train bound for nowhere. No. Uh, <laughs> I met up with the gambler. We were both too tired to sleep, so we took a turns of staring out the window at the darkness. The boredom overtook us, and he began to speak. He said, son, I've made a life out of blank. The war, the more I chop up and screw up the way I'm saying it, the harder it is for you to finish the sentence. Yeah, you're it's not gonna, you can't get the rhythm by design. <laughs> but I know you, your head's always playing rhythms. Trying. Yeah. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Stop. That's <laughs> that is not helping right now. I'm just David Bowie, bro. Modern love. Hey, every time I go to one of Paul's shows, I sneak in as many suggestions as I can related to Ice Ice Baby or a derivative of Ice Ice Baby. Yes, usually just like really bad versions of the lyrics, like yeah. messed up versions. And of they the always get pulled, and Paul's on stage trying not to show his disgust with me. Because I know who it is instantly. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, anyway. Beautiful. All right, number three. Um, I can't tell you the name of this song because it would really mess up that you would get, well, let's okay. just go with this. Don't question why she needs to be so free. She'll tell you it's the only way to be. She just can't be chained to a life where nothing's gained and nothing's lost at such a cost. Goodbye, blank. Goodbye, blank. Does that help when I repeat it like that? <laughs> I'm, I'm right there. Yeah. Uh, I can hear it. Yeah, I know you can. It sounds like this. I'm just a poor boy. <laughs> Nobody something to <laughs> <laughs> nailed it. Caught in the landslide. No escape from reality. You have a better voice than me every day. Okay, we're ready to play. Number one, what did you get for the completion of Eye of the Tiger? Just a man and blank. Will to survive. His will, will to, survive. to survive. All three of yeah. you get ten points. Yeah. yeah. All right. Good job. <laughs> Pew, 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 pew. Is that what, is that what happens? That's it. <laughs> Star Wars. Yeah. Okay. In The Gambler, he says, the boredom overtook us. He began to speak. He said, son, I've made a life out of blank. Reading Ma people's faces. What'd you have? M making ice, ice baby. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, just, I just wrote nowhere. <laughs> life out of nowhere. Neary, 10 points. All right. Man, I feel good about this. I feel like you, if you, if you hit a trifecta. No, no. The, <laughs> and he's bailing yeah. on the last one. Yeah, the last All right. One is, yeah. To a life where nothing's gained and nothing's lost at such a cost. Goodbye. Yeah, See later. you later. Is that right? Nope. <laughs> Goodbye. Is, is, well, now as you're singing, it's Ruby Tuesday. Yeah. It? yeah. But I said Yellow Brick Road. <laughs> also, they didn't get it, so uh, I like it. I, didn't, I, I put girl. I, I, Goodbye, I, girl. I, 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 <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> See you later. Bye. Points. <laughs> All right. Well, that was fun. Mike, I'm going to double your points. Christopher oh, wow. will keep up with this. 40 for Mike. That was a great wow. competition. And uh, yeah, I think y'all got really confident there at the beginning with that. Uh, false, nailing it. False confidence. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Mike, thanks for your service. Can't wait to see you. Not just your service in the U.S. Army, but your service in life. I think that you're such a great witness to others and a leader of men. Let's talk about that on the bonus episode. Awesome. So we'll see you there for the rest Thank of you. you. We will see you in the Eucharist. We almost nailed it. <laughs> thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to join us at our undersized table, subscribe to the video version of the show on YouTube by typing at that's the symbol at, so shift and two on your keyboard, at the underscore Beatitudes on YouTube. We'll see you there. This podcast is part of the Spoke Street Network. For more great podcasts, visit Spokestreet.com.